Let's dive right into it. Uh, I'll tell you what we're talking about today. We are talking about this thought. In him, we live and breathe. In him. Uh, the scripture says in Acts chapter 17, verse uh, 28, that in him, we live and breathe and find our being. In him. We are in the presence of God, just like a fish is in the ocean. Sometimes we look at God like he's somewhere out there sitting on a throne, and he does have a throne, but he's somewhere out there watching down upon us. That is true, but it is also true that whatever has been created, whatever star has been created, whatever planet has been created, Whatever, whatever, whatever has ever been created is literally possessed within his being. The entire Milky Way is within his being. He's not looking at the Milky Way. The Milky Way is in him. There are, I, I read um, somewhere that there was like, they could count a hundred million galaxies. In addition to the galaxy that we live in, another hundred million on top of that. All of those galaxies in him. In him, in him, we live and breathe and find our being. Now, how do we take this, this, this presence, this presence that is so gargantuan that our mind cannot even understand it? Paul said in, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, he says, I wish you had the power to understand how far and how wide and how deep and how high his love is. Our brains can't get it. <laughs> you feel awkward, but don't. <laughs> it's okay. It happens to me all the time. Uh, a, a couple months ago, I was like, whose phone is ringing? It was mine, so don't worry about it. What was I talking about? How deep and high. Listen to this. Paul said, you need power to understand this. So how do we approach and have a relationship with this presence, with this being? What we do is we close our eyes and we imagine his face. You say, well, I don't know what he looks like. Very true, very true, very true. But we are supposed to imagine his face and Jesus is the exact representation of God. And so picture Jesus in your mind when you pray, when you talk to him, when you're conversating with him. Picture his face. Why do we do this? In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, it says, If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray 
and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive them of their sin and I will heal their land. What, what am I emphasizing in that, vo- in that verse? Seek his face. When you worship, you close your eyes, you seek his face. If you're praying with your eyes open, imagine him some way, somehow seek his face. Now, it, the relationship with him is supposed to go far beyond talking to him. It's supposed to be this presence coming into your life and affecting everything around you. I was at a conference uh, a couple years ago, and um, I was just, somebody invited me to go, and it was up in Pittsburgh, and I was sitting on the second row, and uh, and the person that invited me, or one of the people that invited me said, Heidi Baker is speaking today, and I said, yes, who's Heidi Baker? Never heard of this woman. Who is he? She goes, she's a missionary, an American missionary to Mozambique. I said, Wow, where's Mozambique? I have no idea. Mozambique could be in like Mozambique, Boston, Mozambique, New York. I don't know where Mozambique is. It is the poorest place on the planet. The poorest place on the planet. Uh, it, it is a dump yard for all the surrounding regions. And so she left the United States to Mozambique and, and uh, they have maggots. I told this story in one of the services last week. They have maggots everywhere because it's a, it's a dump yard. It's a junkyard. And so these poor people, maggots get underneath their skin, underneath their feet as they walk. They're so poor they don't have shoes. And, and she sits there and she, she scrapes out these maggots out of their feet. And she kept giving her sandals away, her flip-flops away, giving them away, giving them away so they wouldn't have to walk on maggots anymore. And the Lord told her, stop giving your flip-flops away. And she said, Satan, get behind me. <laughs> um, I, I, there's no way God would ever tell me to give, stop giving my flip-flops away. That, that doesn't sound like God. And then she felt the Holy Spirit, not out loud, just right down in here. Kill the maggots. She went out there with some olive oil and she poured a puddle on the ground and the maggots died. I'm on the second row and I said, hello, Heidi Baker. (laughs) What in the world? That was one story. And then she went on and on and on and on and on. And I whispered to the Lord, You do not love her, speaking of Heidi. You do not love her more than you love me. You do not love her any more than you love anybody else. Romans chapter 2 verse 11 says he has no favorites. I said the power that she's seeing in her life, we should see in ours. So what do we got to do? And and, and the, 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 the journey began. There was highs and lows and you guys walked through it with me and and are still walking through it with me. And uh, there were so many moments 
where I thought, I'm just going to start preaching about something else. I'm going to start talking about something else. I'm going to change the subject because there's so much about healings and miracles I don't understand. I'm just going to change the subject. And healings and miracles are filled with disappointment. I'm sick of getting disappointed. I'm going to stop pursuing them. I'm going to go for an easier path. I quit. How many of you have lived enough life to realize that quitting is the easiest thing in your life to do? It is so easy. It, you can't do anything easier than quit. Between the ages of 16 and 18, I had 21 jobs. 21. I worked at every single restaurant in Beaumont. Everyone. When I go to Beaumont, I walk around and I'm like, been there, been there, been there, been there, been there. My kids love it. They're like, Daddy, did you work at Olive Garden? Yes. Did you work at Bennigan's? Yes. Did you work at Castle Light? Yes. Did anything you say is yes, 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 yes. Worked at them all. Did you work at Domino's? Yes. I worked at Domino's for one hour. One hour. The assistant manager hired me without telling the, 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 the main manager. The main manager showed up, saw me, and got ticked off because she had planned on hiring somebody else. And so she made my life a living vacation. <laughs> Frankie, 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 what's your name again? Mazza, 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 what Mazza, what and go to the back shed. There was a shed behind Domino's. Go to the back shed and get some boxes and go make some boxes. Go do something with yourself. I said, okay, this show's over. I walked out the back door to the shed. I took off the Domino shirt, dropped it on the ground, walked around the building. I saw her through the window and waved at her with no shirt on. Put it in reverse. Peace out. I got home. It's so easy to quit. It's fun to quit until reality sets in and you realize, what did I just do? I got home. Dad, I quit, man. It's fun to quit. It's fun to brag about quitting. I quit. He goes, you need to get your sorry. He's Italian, so he had a lot of adjectives. <laughs> Rear end out there and go get a job. My dream job was Foot Locker. I love shoes, I love people. I show up, I did not realize that the mall is empty for the first four or five hours that it's opened. I didn't know that because I've never been to the mall that early. I was still sleeping in the summertime till like two o'clock and, and in school till two o'clock, but that's another story. But. I show up and I'm standing there in this referee shirt. Nobody's in the mall except for people like exercising with big tennis shoes. <laughs> like those are the biggest tennis shoes I've ever seen. <laughs> Just walking very, very, very fast. And I was like, I'm out of here. I said, can I take a break? Beep, beep. Never came back. Never came back. Quitting is easy and it's fun. For one moment, and then consequences set in. There's always a consequence for quitting. 
And sometimes we don't weigh the consequence and realize that the consequence of quitting far outweighs the, con- the, the pain and the, the grit required to break through the quitting point. It's easy to quit on a marriage. It's easy. You just go down and sign some papers, wait 60 days and done. That's easy. It's hard to fight for a marriage. It's easy to quit on church. It's easy to quit a job. It's hard to stay through a job. It's hard to worship God when your prayers haven't been answered. It's easy to quit. But there are no reward for quitters. There's no reward. There's only a reward for people who grit their teeth and fight for it. And I want to say thank you to this church for growing with me on this journey of fighting for what we know God wants to do. And so I'm going to share, usually we share a testimony of somebody getting healed or a miracle in their life. But this morning we're going to share three And for those of you that are sharing, I'm going to mix up the order. You're still first, Zach, wherever you are, you're second, and you're going to be third. Debbie, come on up here and uh, and share what God did in your life. This is one of my favorite stories. Some of these you have heard before, but I wanted them to share it again. Go ahead and share your testimony. Okay. Don't throw me a curveball. I'm happy that you got healed at 9 a.m. And I'm, I'm betting that it's phenomenal. But the healing that you had before needs the limelight because it's pretty special. All right. All right. We'll, we'll circle back. When you have healings all the time, it's like, oh, my goodness. But follow, go with that one. But through that ultrasound, I also found out that I had many, 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 many cysts. So over the years, I kept going back to, you know, for ultrasounds and they would measure them and identify them and then send me on my way. Fortunately, thank God it wasn't any cancer or anything like that. Um, As I aged, I guess, uh, I got to my 55th birthday last year and all the cysts, decided to all become inflamed and hurt and um, just feel really, really, really painful for about nine months. And I um, decided, and I don't know why, I don't know why I didn't come for prayer sooner. It just didn't occur to me because I thought, well, it's just, you know, it's just cyst, it's just pain. But I decided one day to come down here and get prayer with a prayer partner. And um, 
it, when we were done praying and she believed it and I believed it and I walked out and the next day I was going on about my day and I realized that my pain was like gone. I wasn't feeling it anymore. And um, so throughout the week I contemplated whether the cyst were even still, if I even had the cyst anymore. So I, I went to uh, get an, I just went to get an ultrasound. I wanted to verify. So I went and got an ultrasound and uh, I told her about all the cyst and she, through the process, uh, about 10 minutes into it said, well, if you have cyst, I really don't see anything. So we'll get back with you. We'll call you if there's anything serious. We'll send you a letter in the mail. And in a couple of weeks, I got my letter in the mail and it said there was no cyst. There was no nothing. There was nothing there at all. So God just took them away. You see why I had her share that one? And there's another reason why I, had, I wanted you to share that one. You'll find out in a minute. Um, Zach, come on up here. Um, share this testimony. This is, uh, they're all unique, but this one's really unique. Go ahead. So I got invited to Pastor Duane's life group, and it was my first time attending. And uh, Pastor Duane actually got a word of knowledge that day that God wanted to heal someone from acid reflux um, that night. And so he said it, and I was like, yeah, that's me. Um, at that point, I was struggling with it. It was pretty bad. It was probably a little over a year. And it got to the point where when I was at work, I could taste blood when it started happening. And I would have to leave my desk and go to the bathroom or something. Um, and it was extremely painful. If you've ever had it, you know how painful it is. And he prayed for me. I didn't feel anything change. Um, I didn't have a way to test it, but it had some really spicy chip dip in my fridge, some of the spiciest I've ever had, and I ate the entire thing that night. And that night, I had no issues whatsoever, it was 100% healed. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you don't have a doctor, just rely on that good old queso and hot sauce. Um, Shelby. Uh, come on up here and, uh, and share your story uh, on what happened. I feel like when I come up here, I should have like a joke. Like I'm going to be a comedian, but I don't. Um, so my name's Shelby, and I was healed by God. Um, I grew up in foster care pretty much all of my life, and then I was adopted into a family that pretty much since I was born or in foster care, and then when I was adopted... Um, I went through a lot of abuse for about 20, 21 years of my entire life, a lot of beatings and all that. Um, and I also did cheerleading, so I was always around like loud music, loud people, that kind of thing. So you never really like have to worry about like, oh, can I hear, can I hear this and that? Because you're always around loud, loud stuff. Well, when all of that was said and done, um, my husband was talking to me one day. And I couldn't hear anything that he said. I was just like looking away and he's like, did you hear me? I'm like, no, I didn't hear anything. So we went and got it tested and they said that everything on the right side, all of the cells were dead. So there was nothing that they could do, no surgeries, anything. A cochlear implant might work if it bounced off like certain waves, but most likely I would never be able to hear in that ear. That's fine, no problem. I could tune my husband out. He could say things I wouldn't hear him, no big deal. But then my daughter was born, and when she got to the age, about three or so, when she was talking um, in the car and everything, 
I could never, ever hear her. And I'd say, what'd you say? What'd you say? What'd you say? And then she'd be like, never mind. And that broke my heart because I wanted to hear what she was saying. So um, my husband actually went to dinner with Frankie and Frankie was talking about his healings and kind of all of that that was going on into the church. And so my husband came home and told me and I kind of laughed about it in the sense of like, I have faith and I believe, but to say like, oh, he healed and put his hands. It wasn't that I didn't believe him. I was just kind of like, okay, see it when you believe it kind of thing. So, um, we'd come to church. He talked about it. I kind of heard him like go through his thing about healings and heard people here talk about healings. And then one day, um, our daughters go to school. I brought his daughter home and he was like, Oh, let's pray for you, Shelby. Let's do it. So we did it. It's like two or three times. And I was like, no, nothing, you know? So he was discouraged. We were kind of discouraged, but kind of went on and then just left. It was late. So then that Sunday we were at church or like a week later, um, we were at church and we sat all the way in the back and he was talking and he was like, anybody with, um, that can't hear in their left ear, you know, come on down, let's get worship. And I was like, left ear, not the right one. And then he was like, anybody with the right ear. And I told my husband, I'm not going down there. Like, it's so embarrassing. I'm not going down there. And I don't know why I was scared because it's not like I'm not worthy. Like I'm a pretty cool person. I feel like God would bless me, but I just didn't want to come up here in front of everybody, I guess. And then Frankie was like, Shelby. And he pointed and literally told me to come all the way. Like I stopped right here and he was like, no, keep coming. And he made me come like right here. And he prayed for me two, three, four, five, six, seven times. And then I finally heard everything that he had to say in his right here. I can hear everything that my daughter says, everything my husband says, everything everybody says. Um, but it's just like, it's an amazing feeling and you just have to keep praying and keep believing. Like it turned, when he did it at his house, like I believed it, but I was like, okay, I'm just going to keep kind of praying and believing on my own. And it was like a, a reassurance to yourself. And then when I was prayed for here and it actually happened, it was just like closure or clarity that you just don't quit. Just keep praying, keep praying. And it could take forever. It could take six years. It could take three weeks. It doesn't matter, but just don't give up and keep praying. That is so good. That is so good. All right. Hey, Shelby, stay right here for a second. All right. So uh, she didn't know I was going to put her on the spot like this. We're going to talk about what happened in the first service this morning. So, um, I want you to tell everybody what happened okay. in the first service um, because you prayed for two people. The second one was awesome in its own right. We'll get to that one on another day. But for the sake of time, tell the story and talk about the first person you prayed and what happened. Okay, so she was a cute little old lady. No, 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 oh, no, 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 one, no, back up, back up. I want, you to talk uh, about, I want you to talk about the cute little old lady. For sure. Okay. But talk about is from the moment you said, and Jesus healed my ear and you put the microphone down and then I came up and I said, what? That it really discouraged you because you, but, oh, because he, sorry, I can't like. I'll get you going. I'll get you going. So I said, so I said, um, is there anyone here that is deaf that's lost hearing in their ear? And two people raised their hand. And, and then what happened? And then he made me, he called my name out <laughs> again, and he made me come up here and pray 
for just those two people. Mind, I mean, I've prayed for people before, but never like healing. So that was like a lot of weight on my shoulders. But now the little old lady came. Okay, so the little old lady came up and this gentleman came up and he was like, pray for them and just say Jesus in their ear over and over and don't stop. Just keep saying it and saying it and saying it until they can hear. And I'm like, okay, we got this. And I did it. And little old lady, she heard everything I said. And then I said my name, my middle name, just like different things. And she was healed and she could hear everything I said. And that was amazing. Like I started crying. She started crying. I'm sure other people started crying, but that was really cool. And then go ahead. Was it your neighbor? What? Was it your neighbor, that guy? Or? Yes, okay. yes, yeah. Go and so tell that he story. had fifty percent hearing, and um, in one ear he still kind of was muffled, but in the other ear we kept, I kept saying it and saying it and saying it, and it got higher and higher. I love yeah. it. Yeah, I love it. Put that your hands it. together for that, will you? <laughs> that was a that was a really cool moment because. Um, where you have been healed, you got to remember this, where you have been healed, the Lord gives you authority to heal. Uh, I, an example of that is for those of you that have been through uh, a divorce uh, or those of you that have lost a parent uh, or lost a loved one. And you know what that pain feels like when someone comes up to you and talks to you about that pain, you're able to help them and walk them through because you've, you've experienced it. You know what it's like. You know how to get through. You have authority to heal in those areas of your life because you've gone through it and you've come out the other end of it victorious. So now you have the authority in those areas. I've never lost a loved one. So when I sit down with somebody who's lost a loved one, I'm struggling. But my wife has lost her dad. She can connect in a moment. Are you with me? Say yes. So I knew that Shelby had been healed and she now has the authority to heal. And so when we brought them down, I said, these two people have lost hearing. Shelby, you're going to pray for them. And they were both healed. So this is why I wanted you, Debbie, to share that particular testimony. Because if there are ladies here that have cysts in their breasts, I want you to pray for them. Shelby, if there's anyone here that's lost hearing in their ears, I want you to pray for them. And Zach, if there's anyone here who has acid reflux, I want you to pray for them. So I want you three to come stand right here and the rest of the prayer partners to come down if they would. And everyone else, would you stand to your feet? This is very important what I'm about to say. I know you're standing, but I, I know you can listen while you stand. Some of you, you do not need a healing in your body. So why does this message apply to you? Because I want you to understand, first of all, that God is so great that whatever is going on in your life is easy for him to rearrange. It's easy for him. See, every one of us is fighting a battle that no one in this room knows about. 
it's easy for him. If you need a healing in your body, it's easy for him. It's crazy easy. I was praying the other day, and while I was praying, I said, God, continue to do miracles. You're mighty. You're powerful. You created the sun. You create stars. Healing in somebody's body. You made us all from the dust of the earth. So when you heal somebody, you're just moving dirt around. It's just dirt. It's, it's, we are we are bags of dirt. No offense, but you're a dirt bag. We're just bags of dirt, and God just moves it around and does, and does just like it's easy for Him. I lowered our basketball goal in our backyard really, really, really low so my six-year-old could throw the ball through the hoop. It's so low. It's like just above her head. And she shoots it. And she goes, this is an easy game and walks off. I said, you know, people get paid millions and millions of dollars to throw a ball through a hoop. And it's, it's easy. It's hard for you. It's easy. For God, he just thinks it and it happens. He just thinks it. So come down in this room. First of all, let's find out, is there anyone here that needs a healing in their right or their left ear? Is there anyone here? Okay, come down, come down, come down. There's probably a few of you. So come down. Pastor Dwayne, help make a line. In fact, um, yeah, you're going to pray for all of them. Uh, switch places with Miriam so that the line can go all the way down the, the thing. And so, yeah, just get in line. Today's the day. If you get healed at celebration and you don't tell us about it, Miriam, she's probably going to need some help. Miriam, if I needed a miracle, I would come to Miriam. So, so Miriam, you guys are going to tag team. Oh, and, and Michelle, she prayed for somebody that needed healing too. So... We're going to spread you guys out. Michelle, and you're all standing right next to each other. Perfect. Okay, great. Is there anyone here? I don't want to get personal. So if you have cysts in your breasts, I'm not going to ask you to come down right now. Just come down at the, at the right time. And anyone here with acid reflux, raise your hand that you have. You struggle with that. You fight that. Is there anyone here for that? <laughs> Today's your day. You just said, I got all three of these issues. This is a perfect day to come to church. Start here, then go here, then go here. <laughs> hey, I want you to come down. I, I, I said to the Lord on the way to the sanctuary from my office, I said, God, let's have some fun today. Let's have some fun today. Come down here. If your life is not right with the Lord, if your heart were to stop beating in the next five minutes and you're not ready to see him, straighten that out. So whatever you need God to touch, your marriage, your finances, whatever it is, I want you to come down here and have someone pray with you. Before anyone leaves, let's just sing one song through before anybody goes. If you would, just raise your hands right where you're at. May the Lord bless you. May He keep you. May His face shine down upon you. May His countenance be lifted up on you and bring you peace.
in Jesus' name. Amen.